Hello and welcome to the Bean Town podcast for Easter Sunday, Sunday, April 21st. Ain't it a beautiful Sunday indeed? My name is Father Quinn David Farnes, and I can use the term father because it really is meaningless. Like being a meteorologist or a female doctor or president of the United States. I want to share a quick story with you. This past week I was in Kansas City, Missouri. And when you go down to Missouri, because it's God-fearing country down there, and you turn on the radio, there is a good chance you're going to hear some good old Christian preaching. AM, FM, whichever, it don't really matter. So I'm down in Kansas City in my Ford, which is a good old American vehicle, and I start listening to some sermons down there. And frankly, they were scratching me right where I itched. So I thought to myself, what better time to give the first ever Bean Town Podcast Sunday sermon than on Easter Sunday, a day of such great mirth and joy and thanksgiving. For it is the Lord Jesus Christ who has risen upon this day. Before I get into my sermon here, I want to say a quick word of grace to the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, for giving us the free will to congregate here to listen to this blessed sermon for which I will be paid handsomely because the Lord teaches us that if you were born into power and white enough, blessings shall rain down upon you. Let's say grace. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the beautiful spring showers and the flowers that come with it. Thank you for the fair and unbiased Fox News media that can give it to us straight, even when others preach blasphemy or fake news, as I like to call it. Thank you for the spring race at Talladega next weekend where we really don't care who wins because every driver is white. Most importantly, thank you for President Trump for all that he does for us and for the amazing work he's done for the blacks in this country and in keeping our country safe. We know that nothing he does is not first approved by you, our Lord and Savior. May he continue to make our country great again, as well as more racially homogenous. Finally, we want to thank you for allowing for a sermon and a podcast that is both strong in its language as we cast out the demons in our lives, as well as objectively terrible. For as the Bible says... Man and human nature are inherently evil, even though man was created in the image of you, our perfect God. Due to your mercy and grace, we're able to reconcile those two concepts without second thought. Also, 
Thank you to ABC for annually broadcasting Yul Brenner's The Ten Commandments, even though it's really more of a Jewish thing when you think about it, and less of an Easter thing. And thank you for this Easter Sunday. All right, I want you to open up your Bibles with me now. If anyone is curious, I'm using the DDWV version of the Word of God, also known as the David Duke White version of Scripture. Turn with me to John chapter 20, and we'll start from the very beginning, like they do in the sound of music. And I would like to mention that I was kind of pulling for the Germans throughout the whole film, but that's a subject for another time. I'm just happy the whites won regardless. All right, John chapter 20, we'll start right there in verse 1. It reads, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, not in a gay way, and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails are and put my hand into his side, not really in a gay way, I will not believe. A week later, 
his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. A little bit of shade, Jesus style. Now let's dig into this word of the Lord a bit more, shall we? Jesus died on Friday. Good Friday, as it is known. Some of the Jews call it Passover. But I would like to pass over that title and call it Good Friday instead. He was laid in a tomb. The entrance was sealed with a gigantic stone. Perhaps marble or obsidian. It was all finished. The party was over. Like that journey song from the early 80s. That's why Simon Peter and the one Jesus loved, who was hopefully 18 raced to the tomb to check it out for themselves. The one Jesus loved, who won the race, and was thus probably a Kenyan from deep Africa, didn't step in at first, but peered in and saw the strips of linen and the headcloth lying in the tomb, but no body. Peter, finishing a close second in the race, entered the tomb immediately upon his arrival. Then, the one Jesus loved, or the homosexual, as I shall refer to him from here on forth, followed Peter in. John recognized the significance of the vacancy. This was no grave robbery, which probably had not even yet been invented in the, Z in the year 0 A.D., this was not the wrong tomb. This was not a myth. This was real. Jesus was not dead. And as a result, John 20, verse 8 of my DDVW, or whatever version I said it was earlier, David Duke something, says that John saw and he believed. Now in 2019... We're able to look into that empty tomb from a perspective of scripture and tradition. 2,000 years removed. And not so with Mary and Peter and John. Read closely. John 20 verse 9 says, For they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They did not understand. 
and often neither do we. Jesus had to rise from the dead. It was part of his contract with the Father, who was also Jesus, but that's a whole different sermon. Let me tell you something. Funerals, funerals, they're very sad events. As a preacher, I've been invited, I've been invited to multiple grave openings where caskets with human remains have been lowered into the ground. Some of them have had better refreshments than others. If that act marked the end of the life, this would be a pretty darn short sermon, I reckon. As would the scriptures I read, as would the prayers I pray. The saddest funerals of all are for those who did not believe in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, once you die, you're done. That's one of my favorite scripture passages. Yet for those who believe, like John, on that first Easter morning, that God raised Jesus from the dead. And again, I don't want you to get confused. They are the same person. But in this sense, we will refer to them differently. The funeral, sad as it may have been, reminds us of the hope we have in Jesus our Lord. Jesus broke the bonds of death on resurrection morning. And that is what we are here celebrating on Easter Sunday. Once had a, a friend, Billy. Let me tell you about Billy. He's a coal miner in the mountains of West Virginia. Some of you might have visited. He had a precarious job. Every morning, he'd go into the mine shaft to check for methane gas. He'd take his safety light in there. On his coal cart, he'd take it in there. And if that safety light ever started beeping, he would know he'd have to get his rump out of there. Because you don't know when that methane gas is going to explode. After checking that mine every morning, he'd walk back to the surface to his crew of miners waiting there for some news, good or bad, whichever. They'd gather around expectantly, seeing if he'd have anything to say. And he'd announce, it's okay. You're safe. You can now go into the mine. That's what Christ has done for us. Christ is like my friend Billy, except he was a non-believer. So in a sense, he wasn't like him at all. Coming out of the depths of death... Christ has announced to all who are gathered here in this life on earth, it's safe, it's okay. You can enter into death, into the darkness, and into the unknown. It's safe because I have been there and I've checked it out. I have overcome the depths of death. I have broken its chains and the stronghold for all who choose to believe in me. The word of God 
tells us that a dead Savior cannot save anybody. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is as much a part of the gospel message as his sacrificial death on the cross. The resurrection proves that Jesus Christ is in fact what he claims to be, the Son of God. If Jesus were not resurrected, then there would be no way that he would be our Savior or God. And Christianity would be a farce. However, because Jesus rose from the dead, we have victory over those depths of death. We can enter into that coal mine because Jesus, the Son of God, has cleared it for us. Jesus' victory over the grave, over death, empowers us, the believers, to face the uncertainties of life with confidence. And perhaps life's biggest uncertainty is death. It creates a lot of fear. But knowing the outcome calms our fears. Those who choose to believe that Jesus was raised from the tomb by God, his Father, who's also the same person. Again, I don't want to get hung up on this fact, but they are different but same at the same time. Those who choose to believe that know how this game ends. It's a lot like that new Avengers film, Avengers Endgame. We win. The resurrection of Jesus Christ takes the unknown out of death. The hope of the believer in Jesus Christ is that death is no longer a threat. Death is no longer something that we have to fear. Because Jesus Christ overcame the depths of death, he's cleared that path for all of us. None of our safety lights are going to be blinking when we go into that coal mine. And that's true now. That was true 2,000 years ago. And it will be true 2,000 years from now. Jesus rose from the dead, so we can have victory over death. People around Jesus were all changed because of this resurrection. Mary's tears, a heartbreak, turned to pure joy and elation or celebration because of this resurrection. Peter, John, and the other disciples who once feared for their lives as they huddled in a locked room were transformed because of this resurrection. Even Thomas, who doubted Jesus, he said, Let me put my fingers in your wrists. Let me stick my arm into your side. 
let me take you from behind. Even doubting Thomas said, my Lord, the Son of God, is resurrected in this room tonight. Thousands believed because of what the Lord had done. And then millions, thousands grew into hundreds of thousands and into millions. And if it weren't for China hogging all the people, it might be billions by now. In time, over the last 2,000 years, entire governments, cultures, and educational processes, right? Jesus schools, like Betsy DeVos said, have been changed because of the resurrection. Spiritually, because Jesus rose from that tomb, he bypassed that obsidian or marble, depending on your translation, our sins are forgiven. Our life is renewed. This hope that we have in Jesus the Savior is permanent. All because of what Jesus our Lord did for us, we have eternal salvation. And this is secured. This is the promise that God made to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And again, similar but different. Two in one, three in one, they're the same, they're different, depends on how we need to utilize them in the story. We have been given a fresh start and a new tomorrow. Jesus took our place. On Sunday, after going through all those shenanigans on Friday with the Jews and the Romans and Pilate and carrying the cross and the Garden of Gethsemane and Judas who kissed Jesus on the cheek, by the way, another gay thing. The more you read about some of these disciples, the more homosexual they start to sound. And Barabbas and the cross, after all that went down on Friday, on Good Friday, then came Sunday, in which Jesus rose from the dead triumphantly, now, he makes a life-changing offer to us. He says, I've taken your sin. My life was sacrificed for your old life. Now, I want to give you a new life. So the question is, will you accept that offer? Will you take the Dale like in that show, Deal or No Deal, with Howie Mandel. I tell you what, the banker is calling. That phone is ringing. And the banker is on your side. He's Jesus Christ. He's God, the Holy Spirit. 
And he's saying, I want to give you eternal salvation. So you can choose to keep playing this game. You can open another two cases. But you know, you're not going to find eternal life. You're not going to find eternal salvation in opening those cases. Only the banker's offer can give you eternal salvation. So are you going to take that deal? And that's the question that God asks of us. Like the homosexual one, and I know there were a couple disciples to keep track of, uh, but the, the one from the original story where they were running to the tomb, that homosexual disciple, it's not enough to just run to the tomb, to just peer into it, to just look around the tomb. It's not enough. Or to see the evidence that Jesus is not in the tomb. You have to believe. As Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. But only if you believe with your heart. So, God's question to you is, are you willing to believe? I want to end with a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this word today. As we know from scripture that all our thoughts and actions are only because of your good grace. Thank you for Home Pride Oregon, who offers thorough yet affordable home inspection services throughout Central Oregon. Thank you to the Samson Q2U series for offering its crisp, clean audio quality to enhance our message this morning. As always, we give thanks to the TV Guide, and we look forward to the day when John Goodman and the Connors will return to ABC. And God knows we need them now more than ever. We also give thanks to Cuts by Q and the many hairstyles that they offer throughout Baltimore City, Baltimore County, in Cook County, Illinois. From beehives to bangs, fauxhawks to flat tops, Cuts by Q can give it to you the way you need. For all that, the congregation said, Amen. And as always, for more scripture, for more personal enrichment, for more interpretation, loose interpretation rather, of the Word of God, you can always get in touch with us at beantownpodcast.com or beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. That's beantown, 
B-A-N-T-O-W-N podcast at yahoo.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. So I want to thank you all for tuning in for my Easter Sunday Easter sermon. My first one, I wrote it myself. Had a lot of fun. And go out there, tell someone about the word of Jesus today. Right, go out there in your pastel suits. And just give them a little loving. Maybe bring a bottle of communion wine. Maybe some crackers. Maybe put the body into the body and the blood this Easter. And if you're a homosexual, well, we learned today that Jesus had a couple of those hanging around too. So don't you feel too bad about yourself. So, until next Sunday, when we join you live from the road... Be nice to one another and be blessed. Have a happy Easter Sunday. Don't forget to call your mom. Don't forget to listen to some Peter Cottontail. Find it on YouTube or iTunes or wherever, Spotify. And that's all we got for you. So this is Father Quinn David Furness signing out from... Baintown, USA. Hope everyone has a great Easter. All right now.